0: Coming to you from a cozy little condo, high atop old Fourth Ward, Atlanta. Welcome, Welcome to the Ron Show on America One Radio. Here's your host, Ron Roberts.
1: All right, and a happy Tuesday to you. Thank you for listening, whether it's on the America One Radio app, AmericaOneRadio.com, or wherever you podcast. Today is going to be a very Cobb County-centric episode of the show. Just letting you know that now, so that you can either lean in and listen good, does it affect you or interest you? Or you can say, eh, maybe this episode's not for me. Uh, we're going to be speaking with Jennifer Susco and Michael Garza with the newly formed Cobb Community Care Coalition. Uh, their aim is uh, to be supporting inclusive classrooms for students and healthy work environments for educators. That's important in Cobb County because, let's review, in the past calendar year, we've had a fifth-grade elementary school teacher fired, terminated for reading a gender-inclusive book innocuous, completely not sexual in any way, shape, form, or fashion, but she lost her job because a parent found out after a student purchased the book at a book fair and the teacher, whose name is Katie Ridderly, read the shared book, bought at a book fair on school grounds to her students. We also, of course, have had, as in many counties in the South, a book-banning binge in Cobb County as well that began last August. And now we have this story that just broke. We told you a little bit about it yesterday. Becky Gaunt at the Cobb County Courier, who, by the way, joins us in just a few minutes, broke this story uh, about the association of three school district employees with an SPLC-targeted hate group. Here's the story from WXIA-TV, 11 Alive. Also tonight, three Cobb County School administrators are under the microscope after a report by the Cobb County Courier accused them of being
2: affiliated with a hate group.
1: So the Southern Poverty Law Center says that the Powder Springs-based group
3: called for the death penalty for gays and lesbians. 11 Alive's Doug Richards has
0: more. When the Cobb County Board of Education fired a teacher earlier this year after she read a book about gender stereotypes to fifth graders, it seemed to be part of a curious pattern of uncharacteristically angry official rhetoric from Cobb mm-hmm. Public Schools, says Democrat Terry Anulowitz. You know,
4: just all basically hitting a bunch of right wing talking points in an email that was sent to every parent about a lawsuit that, again, you can share facts about litigation without sprinkling in hyper-partisan rhetorics.
1: Yeah, you know, in that story, I actually forgot about the hyper-partisan email that came out from the Cobb School Board itself with all that's going on. Yeah, that happened in October. Remember the email opened with, In spring 2022, leftist political activists were unable to prevent the Georgia General Assembly and governor from exercising their lawful authority to approve Cobb County School District's new election posts for the Cobb County Board of Education. That didn't come from the Republican Party of Cobb County or a politician, a Republican politician in Cobb. It came from the Cobb County School District email. And a reminder, just on the heels of a major redistricting fight for three maps in the General Assembly and, of course, the congressional map as well. This is about a blue county having to deal with some maps being drawn by folks who don't want to see the county represented as a blue county, which it's been reliably at the voting booth since 2016. Hillary carried it. Stacey Abrams carried it in 2018 and 2022. Biden carried it in 2020. Anyway, back to the story.
0: Now, the Cobb County Courier reports that three officials in Cobb's school administration had been part of a group called American Vision, a place with a nondescript Powder Springs storefront, but a fiery online presence that the Southern Poverty Law Center describes as a hate group.
1: We need people to join our team.
0: One of the administrators reportedly connected to American Vision is John Floresta, who talked with 11 Alive News about a school bus driver shortage a few weeks ago. Two others are in the communications department. None of them responded to our request for comment. The SPLC says American Vision is a group whose founder, Gary DeMar, has called for the death penalty for uncloseted homosexuals, citing the Bible's Old Testament. The tie between the county employees and the group is troubling, says Anulowitz.
4: If I'm a parent who is gay or lesbian, if I'm a teacher, I would be very concerned to know that there are people in positions of authority making these policy decisions in the district who do not think my existence necessarily is valued.
0: The man who runs American Vision, Gary DeMar, texted us to say he has nothing to do with Cobb County's school system and that he does not speak to the news media. In Marietta, Doug Richards, 11 Alive News.
1: Joining me again on the show to discuss this story and essentially what seems to be a growing narrative out uh, of the Cobb County School District is Cobb County Courier reporter Becky Gaunt. Becky, thanks for joining us. appreciate it.
2: Oh thanks for having
1: me. You keep doing this. You keep uh <laughs> you keep unveiling or or uh, revealing what lies in the underbelly of the Cobb County School District. And and again as I pointed out to my audience just minutes ago, this is now a reliably moderately liberal county now and there's so much resistance between map drawers and and now of course uh, in the Cobb School District from the superintendent uh, seeping into the board now to reflect that but more importantly, we're just seeing a lot of ugliness come out of this district between the firing of a school teacher over an innocuous book, uh, book banning. And now we learn that we have folks inside the core office who are tied to a hate group.
2: Right, which was definitely uh, not something I expected. It kind of came up out of nowhere for me. And uh, it definitely caught me off guard once I started looking into this. So you had a whistleblower reach out
1: to you uh, with this revelation how did, How did this all play out? So,
2: so it's actually kind of a weird story. There was a whistleblower on Twitter a while back, and this this person I don't want to go into too much detail, but this person had, had a lot of stuff on the district it was mm. it was pretty complex mm. and we went and he and I went back and forth a bit um, and I actually referred him on because of the stuff that we discussed I felt like was out of my depth, mm. so I actually referred him to someone I felt might be more equipped to to help him out mm-hmm. um. But you know he he was quite quite vocal on Twitter for a while had quite a few followers but eventually his account got mysteriously shut down mm. you know the <laughs> so reports and and whatnot um, so you know fast forward quite a bit you know last time I was on we talked about uh, the the September meeting in which the public comment line got moved at the last second and created right. quite the debacle right. and it, it's actually kind of funny because that brought the whistleblower back into play kind of by accident because. Um, Totally nothing to do with me, but the Cobb Community Care Coalition, which consists of a former employee and three parents, mm-hmm. um, they put in um, their own... They, they believed that the line was moved to, to basically knock them and other people who were there to criticize the district. Right. Um, their belief was that it was so that the, the supporters of the district could get into line.
0: Yeah.
4: So
2: they started doing their own thing, digging in. They, they put in some open records requests uh, for messages that were sent that day, kind of trying to prove that, basically. Yeah. And as a result of their open records request, some names came up that, that they didn't know a whole lot about. So one of them asked me, uh, you know, hey, do you know anything about these guys? And it was their names, people I was not familiar with. Uh, I knew who John Floresta was, but mm-hmm. Julian Coca and Eric uh, Rauch, I, I knew nothing about them. But they were part of these uh, text exchanges that had shown up. And that com- coupled with some stuff that had been said by this whistleblower a while back. I thought okay I don't know who these guys are I'm 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 curious now to know more about them and that is basically how it got started.
1: And and so their their ties to this SPLC labeled hate group American Vision and folks on the right like to quibble about what the SP uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center right. how how broad they are with their labeling of a hate group but it's pretty easy to see that the the founder of this organization Gary Demar isn't a very nice man if you if you are uh, in the LGBTQ community or uh, or aligned with them in any way, shape, form, or fashion.
2: Right, and, th- and that, that was kind of one of the reasons that I dug in on it. You know, I. I the SPLC does put out these lists, and I am aware of the controversy, and and that not everyone agrees with their with who they put on, um, which is why I dug in specifically. That's why I started looking into American Vision specifically, which mm. led me to the, some of these other businesses, um, and that's why in the article I wrote, I pull so many specific quotes from his over. You know, Gary DeMar has been around for decades. Right. Um, I have, you know, work, his work from, you know, starting back in the 80s. Um, you know, and then, you know, a number of quotes, things that uh, Julian Coca, or as Onan Coca, wrote for his various um, news news sites um, under a company that was, you know, overseen by leaders of American Vision. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, you don't have to take the SPLC's word for it. Take a look at what they're saying and and, you know, make your own decision. If you feel that like this is okay,
1: so let's let's go down one by one here and the association that each have with American Vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, it's Eric Rouch, right? Uh, he actually uh, works in the media department as a content specialist, but right. was employed with American Vision. Is that what is that
2: what I'm inferring here? Yeah, yeah. So his it, it was kind of interesting. He his LinkedIn actually has everything on there. His is very open about all his associations. He does not have cobb schools on there, oh. but, um, you know, he's worked with American vision. Um, he worked, uh, with a few other, he worked with, um, other companies under the whole umbrella of that Liberty Alliance media, which is where Onan did all his writing. Um, we worked with Romulus marketing and now, and now he continues to work for, with, uh, Toilger publishing, which is also another company, you know, overseen by DeMar and, and connected to all that. So, oh, okay. you know, so he's, he's been, and, and remains uh, employed.
1: This isn't just like, realm. you know, six degrees of separation. This isn't happenstance. This is direct ties. And we can see Correct. the same with Julian Coca as well.
2: Correct. Right. Right. Because uh, Jul- uh, Julian or Onan, as he was, you know, I-, I-, I cannot find any trace of him going by Julian, which I believe is his middle name, prior to being hired at CCSD. Okay. Um, but so that's his, that's his uh, name that he wrote under Onan Coca, And what he goes by, according to the text messages, that is what people call him. At work.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so, so, lots of his work. A lot of his work is gone because a lot of those, were, you know, were the sites that got particularly popular during the 2016 election. You know, mm. you know, during the whole like, you know. No. Issues with fake news, misinformation. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, yeah. They were trying to combat that, and so he was part of one of those companies that had tons of conservative like websites wow. that that used that Facebook to direct traffic yeah. towards them. The
1: QAnon, so, Pizzagate type stuff, right?
2: Right, and Ooh. so he's so a lot of a lot of those the actual sites are gone. But a lot of his work got, he was, because he was a prolific writer. So he, he wrote a lot. Um, a lot of it's reposted in other locations that are still, you know, other people's blogs, conservative blogs that are still in existence. Um, and then a lot of it, if you go to the Wayback Machine org, it, oh, yeah. lots of it, there was so much of it that there's tons, that's where I found tons of it. Yeah. And that was actually where I was able to tie in that. Um, john floresta had also contributed to this website i was just websites. yeah i was just
1: gonna ask you what floresta's ties were but uh that seems like a, a similar refrain
2: i didn't find anything that indicated he worked with in the same capacity as coca or roush mm-hmm. but um he and coca i found like socially uh go way back um they're very good friends in personal in their personal lives and um he did contribute to these websites uh, writing about education that Coca was overseeing and that were part of this whole, uh, like, in particular, Eagle Rising was one of the websites that I found at least three. His byline came up like three times in relation to, and this and this was a website that was also founded by and and, and run by DeMar along with Coca.
1: All right, going to take a quick break. Back on with Becky Gaunt writing for the Cobb County Courier on this breaking story at of Cobb County. When The Ron Show returns on the America One Radio app, AmericaOneRadio.com, or wherever you podcast. Welcome back to The Ron Show. We are on with freelance reporter Becky Gaunt reporting for the Cobb County Courier, breaking the story that there are three employees inside the Cobb County School District with ties to an SPLC-labeled hate group entitled American Vision. So as seems to be the case, anytime you and the Cobb County Courier break a story that doesn't shine a positive light on the Cobb County School District. They just go into shutdown mode. They don't speak to you. They don't give responses. You did get something of a response from Floresta, though.
2: I did. I did. He was the only one that responded. He responded the first time I reached out um, and basically basically said I was doxing them. Uh,
1: uh-huh. um, <laughs> uh, it's but, not like you're making stuff up.
2: No, no. And it's all, everything that's in there is documented from, you know, I have links in there um, and open records. Some of it's from open records from the school. So from the district. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, it's not, it's not doxing, but (laughs) that's, that is the term they want to use to call it. Uh, But yeah, so that was his first response. And then I did follow up with all of them because the first, the first time I reached out, it was just kind of, hey, I, I found that you guys used to work with these companies and this is who you're involved with, you know, it, do you want to comment? And he was the only one that responded. And, and he said that, um, I did follow up with more detailed questions, kind of getting into the ve- specifics, like, you know, say, are these your, I did ask, are these your beliefs? People's beliefs change. Hmm. And I said, you know, I'd love to discuss this with you. Um, you know, and, and that it was, I got nothing after that.
1: And, and, and These folks aren't like in their early twenties where you could say, uh, well, yeah, I just wrote this when I was a teenager.
2: Right. No, no.
1: <laughs> silly, yada, yada, yada.
2: Yeah. Right, right. They're they're forties and fifties now, so <sighs> that's so. And, and, and the thing is that like two of them um came straight out of well, one still Roush still works with him, but came you know out of that to come also work with the district, and Coca came directly from working at these companies into from from media and marketing under the umbrella of American Vision mm. came directly into running the the media department for a school district.
1: So as is the case in say college football or professional football, there's a coaching tree where you have the, the one coach who brings in the assistant coaches who wind up being part of a coaching tree. Is there, mm-hmm. is there a, is there a, 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 linchpin to, to these three hires? Is there one that brought the other two or is there someone that brought all three in well, or?
2: I don't have, I actually don't yet have, uh, Julian's hiring, uh, papers. Um, I just know that he and, uh, for us to do go back to the 2000s. Um, so they definitely knew each other. I don't have, you know, the paperwork that says who specifically recommended him mm-hmm. or, or was the administ- the administrator that hired him at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have that request in. Um, but for uh, Eric Roush coming in, I do have the paperwork that shows that COCA was the administrator that signed off on that.
1: And there you have it. Uh, is the Cobb County School District good with freedom of information requests from you guys?
2: It it's tricky. Um, <laughs> they <laughs> it's it's very expensive. You really have to whittle it down. Like if you once you start asking for emails and messages, especially emails, I mean you get up into the thousands mm-hmm. easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's 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 not an easy thing to get. Now it can be very expensive, and it's definitely. Um, it makes it difficult to get the the information people need. Well, I mean, and, I,
1: and you're, you're you're a you're a freelance journalist writing for the Cobb County Courier. These are not you're not a deep-pocketed. Maybe you are, and I don't know this. Uh, you're not a deep-pocketed but, person, and neither is the Cobb County Courier, a deep-pocketed organization. So that right. in and of itself just makes getting this story out that much more difficult.
2: Yeah, and it really is because I you know I I know in the past I've had um I've put in requests that I didn't follow up on because the estimate was you know six or seven thousand dollars. Holy smokes. And, and uh, I I know there's another organization that, you know, goes over the finances and they had a recent um, uh, Their, I I think they were quoted $14,000 for some information that they wanted regarding um, how much money was spent on, on something they were looking into. So, so it's, (laughs) it's not, and it's not easy.
1: (laughs) And listen, you've, you've done Yeoman's work here uh, covering uh, this angle for, for quite a while, as long as I followed. Uh, When, when you get picked up by a mainstream media source like WXIA did, uh, 11 Alive, we, we shared some audio from that story earlier. Uh, I, I mean, are, is anybody else picking up on this, or is it just them so far?
2: Uh, that's the only one I've seen so far. Mm-hmm.
1: My, my fear is, and this is me uh, just hypothesizing and opining here a little bit, my fear is that this sort of story will happen, uh, will be the same sort of case that we saw when we revealed uh, that a Cherokee County School Board vice chair who used to be a former pro wrestler came back from WrestleCon after being kicked out of the event for slinging some anti-trans rhetoric at mm-hmm. a trans wrestler and like nothing became of it. It one one TV station I think covered it. I think the AJC had a little bit on it. And of course it just so happened that this happened in the summertime, so no school board meetings, nothing along those lines, and it just kind of, you know, went away quietly.
2: Right. Yeah, and that does that does happen. There've definitely been a few things that have occurred, you know, not and I don't even just mean things that I have written on, but just in general that I kind of felt like where was the reaction to this?
1: Mm. So, well, that, that's the interesting thing. And again, we're going to talk with uh, Michael Garza and Jennifer Susco with the Oh gosh, the name of the organization was Cobb County Care Coalition. Is that it? did I get that right?
2: I believe it's a Cobb Community Care Coalition. Yeah,
1: I think okay, I was somewhere in the ballpark. <laughs> you know, I'm encouraged that, that that an organization now exists that can sort of take this head on and and and, and with some teeth. I've I've followed Jennifer on uh, Twitter or X or whatever the heck we're calling it now for quite a while, and so I I know I know she's passionate. I know she's driven, uh, and I again, Cobb County is a Slightly left-leaning county now. It's gotten to be a pretty reliable blue dot on the map uh, (laughs) on election night from from what I've noticed since 2016. So you would hope that maybe there'll be an appetite for keeping the heat on uh, the superintendent and the school board to effect some positive change. Again, as as, uh, someone who's in his late 40s now, uh, who grew up in the south in a suburban county just similar to Cobb County uh, outside Augusta, Georgia and being at that time a closeted gay youth it's discouraging to see that this sort of behavior emanates from inside your school district
2: mhm yeah it was it was the the nature of the writing i i was definitely Definitely a shock
1: to me. Listen, it's one thing to be homophobic, but to call for the death penalty for anybody who's out—I mean, that—that includes me.
2: Uh, You
1: know, (laughs) Uh, I certainly don't want somebody in my school, and and there have to be parents of the LGBTQ plus. There have to be LGBTQ uh, plus parents in Cobb County who are sending their kids to this school where someone inside the halls could be advocating for their own demise. Mm Hmm.
2: And that was kind of the shock because you know there was also some you know Islamophobic rhetoric. To be found as well, oh. and you know the last the last two months have yeah. had multiple uh, Muslim families and students speaking at the meetings about yes. their concerns. Yes. So you know it was definitely definitely a disheartening thing to come across.
1: Well, listen, I appreciate you guys keeping the heat up uh, and, and for keeping your eyes on this. This is an important story and we're going to stay on top of it as well. Becky Gaunt with the Cobb County Courier. Thank you so much for covering this story and uh, joining me on The Ron Show to discuss it today. All
2: right. Thank you for having me.
1: Michael Garza, Jennifer Susco with the Cobb Community Care Coalition to piggyback on this revelation when The Ron Show returns on the American One Radio app, americanoneradio.com or wherever you podcast.
0: Broadcasting five days a week to make common sense common again. This This is The Ron Show on America One Radio. All right,
1: back to Cobb County we go. So we've had a lot to cover just from the Cobb County School District in the last calendar year here on the show. And here to kind of help uh, me cover some of what we've already covered and new revelations, as we've talked about with Becky Gaunt last uh, two segments, from the Cobb County. Community Care Coalition. Did I get that right? Jennifer Susco and Michael Garza. Thanks for joining me, guys. I appreciate it.
4: Thanks for having You're me. Welcome.
3: Thank you. Ladies first.
1: Uh, so, I want to start first of all with uh, backgrounds on the both of you that uh, can kind of dovetail in telling us how this Community uh, Care Coalition came together. Jennifer, you first.
4: So, I was a school counselor in the Cobb County School District and loved my job deeply. I still miss it. I ended up um, resigning in protest when they banned critical race theory and the 1619 project because I used both of those and knew that the ban was ultimately on anti-racism materials mm-hmm. in general. And as a school counselor, we are ethically mandated to um, address any racist policies, practices, Um, procedures that contribute to inequities in discipline and achievement, and those all exist in the Cobb County School District. So I knew that I wasn't going to be able to to do that anymore. And also, there had been so much anti-Black racism, and with a former group that I co-founded, Stronger Together, um, the community had come to the district many times with educators, parents, community members, students, giving solutions and saying, let's have culturally relevant pedagogy training. Um, students were asking for specific uh, disciplinary changes when they were called the n-word and told that they were going to be thrown over trump's wall and the district just wasn't accepting that those things were happening and they certainly weren't doing much to improve it Um, so fast forward to just the complete ban on on any progress with that type of work and i realized okay i can't be a school counselor ethically here. Mm. So I'm going to go be an activist, um, which is different than a school counselor and advocacy. I'm going to go be an activist and try to flip this leadership out um, from the outside to change the systemic racism. And then, you know, hopefully one day be proud of Cobb County School District because I am both a product of it and I live in this county.
1: I tell you what, we're going to have to have you back on for an entire show just on that cuz I that is right in my wheelhouse. I love that kind of conversation. Anyway, Michael Garza, tell us a little bit about your background and how you came about uh in, involving yourself in in the formulation of this organization.
3: Sure. Uh now now I've lived in Cobb County for about 20 years. I have a 6-year-old daughter who's in first grade in Cobb County schools. Uh being co-president of her PTA is one of the, the many hats that I wear. Mm-hmm. And so um Being that I'm a parent, and she has almost her entire academic career ahead of her in top county schools, that that is what first got me interested in in the school district. And I started coming to meetings, uh, board meetings, about a few years ago when the district was first releasing their redistricting map. Mm. It didn't sit well with me at the time that it was a political process that uh, shut out the three minority board members at the time. And then every few months, I would come. Through these board meetings, hoping to change the minds of board members to to have them work together for the betterment of our students, especially around gun violence and racial justice. Mm. And as time went on and more came out about the board, the superintendent, his leadership team, the, the more I found out what parents are just now finding out with Becky's story is that. Some of these people are, they're just not good people mm-hmm. and they have no business being decision makers of our children's educational future. And, and as I said, for me, uh, you know, my daughter, she's in, she's in first grade. She's got, a, uh, you know, 10 years ahead of her in the school system. And I'd love to have a, a school district that, that I am comfortable with, uh, her. Uh, continuing that. And, and we just don't have that right now.
1: And and the sad thing is, as I pointed out in, in past shows and segments uh, just today, this is a county that has trended blue uh, at the polls, at least since 2016. Hillary carried it, Biden carried it, Stacey carried it both of her times through. Cobb is a reliably blue dot now on the map. So you would uh, expect to see that reflected on your school board, on your county commission, et cetera, and so on. And yet, this is sort of a fault line, sort of a, a battleground for the entire gerrymandering motif from the top down. And, and here we're seeing school kids, your kids, uh, are, are very much in the middle of this. Uh, this, this all playing out. So tell me how the Cobb Community Care Coalition came to be.
4: Um, well, as Michael was saying, we both, all, all four of us, Melissa Martin and Andrew Cole, our, our other co-founders, have been coming to school board meetings over time in different capacities with different groups, sometimes by ourselves, and speaking um, to give some resistance to the the hatred, the racism, the you know their terrible plan on school safety. And we all sort of kept seeing each other, the four of us, um, during public comment, and then we started to. Um, have some Zoom meetings before we would go, and it was it was the four of us, um, kind of collaborating in that way because obviously building coalition is is what's important, mm-hmm. um, and we all share the same value system that we care about all kids, and we say not just our own. I'm the only one that's not a parent, but you know I'm a school counselor. When I have students, I care about the whole district, and these three parents that I met and co-founded this organization with don't just care about their their own kids, they care about all kids, and so should everyone working in a public school system. And so that's kind of where we started, is just the four of us, and then people really wanted to get involved.
1: I forgot that uh, we were in the Zoom generation. I had really pictured the four of y'all huddling over a table at the Waffle House <laughs> after a school board meeting. Oh, we do that too, though? Oh, okay, okay, good, 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 good. do you guys work in conjunction or or have you collaborated at all yet with uh the Cobb County Association of Educators by chance because I know that they're a passionate organization from the other side not not the other side ideologically but from the teacher perspective
4: um we see Jeff a lot uh I think he probably would like to uh, say that he I I don't want to speak for him but I think you know he likes to be seen as not in any group that has anyone in it identified as an activist. I don't know, Michael, what you think about that.
3: I, I would say so, because he's, he's got a, the job of uh, not only. Uh, he, he, he's he got a strike that balancing act where he can actually talk to Cobb County, talk mm-hmm. to this, the leadership team and actually get things for his membership. Um, like, you know, whether it's longer vacation time or, mm-hmm. or, or those kinds of things. So he has to tow that line and whenever the district is they do not like us and so having that alignment with us would be very problematic especially with their history of retaliating against um, educators and retaliating retaliating against uh, others in the community.
1: Well, and, and to that point, as we, we mentioned earlier in the show, we spoke with Becky Gaunt from the Cobb County Courier, and she can get nothing out of them. She gets no response, uh, no official statement, anything of that nature. That she got anything from one of the three tar- uh, spotlighted in in her story uh, with ties to the uh, hate group American Vision was something of a surprise to me, but it was not an official district statement in and of itself. Um, so let's 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 review. We, we've seen, and, and I'm sure you guys even have evidence of, of things in the past. Uh, I, I grew up in the era uh, in the state of Georgia where Cobb County was the don't say gay county. Uh, and I'm sure some of you, uh, both of you can harken back to that as well. But just in recent history and in the formulation of your organization, we have seen, again, a, a, a fifth grade elementary school teacher from uh, Due West Elementary who read an innocuous book about the ability to coexist with one another to her classmates, and she lost her job. We saw a, a hyper-partisan, uh, hyperbolic uh, email that came from a law firm on behalf of the school district sent out to the entire county with regard to map drawing, uh, as you alluded to earlier. And we, we've seen book bans. We've seen th- this recent revelation, again, of uh, hate group uh fingerprints inside the office am i missing anything what else am i missing in Cobb County that may not have hit uh hit a, hit a newspaper or or a website or a, a journalistic site of some sort
4: Michael can you connect those to our open records requests
3: Yeah i mean that 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 is a good start about what's going on in the, in the county and and i know that parents especially with that email that came out from the law firm that is uh, representing the district in the redistricting suit they're wondering where this is coming from Mm. and for us it is easier to connect those dots because we do know that we we do know that the that the communications team in particular is uh is ideological they're political they they come from a background of being being involved in these same hate groups Mm. And so that is that is where this is coming from. Uh, that is where the book bans are are coming from. And uh, with respect to the redistricting, that is probably one of, one of the, one of the very singular, most important things that, that they have in their mind. Because if this map is overturned in court then it really challenges the, their majority, their, their leadership, that their ability to, to, to continue in their, in, in their places and, and uh, do what they're doing within our, within our schools. Jennifer, do you want to add to that?
4: Um, I think that's great. I, you know, I, you've definitely missed some stuff, but I mean, I, I don't know if you (laughs) want to go into all of the things, you know, there, there's just so much um, what, is so upsetting to me. And, you know, that I will never forget is when um, I was still working for the district and I um, asked them to put on a mask during my public comment to honor Mr. Patrick key who died on Christmas of COVID and the superintendent and two other board members did not do that. And then, you know, their response is always some version of gaslighting. You know, in that case it was, Oh, well, it's it's a policy that we don't respond um, to public commenters. But at that time, it was actually written in the policy that they could and they could even ask questions of commenters. And then they go and they change that policy when, when someone like Sharice Davis, who used to be on the board, says, "Actually, no, that's not the policy. You, you're, we're allowed to interact." And it says that here. They then strike that, move the goalposts, and say, "You know, okay, now we're going to read this statement before every every public comment that public commenters understand we won't interact." Blah blah blah. And amidst that, you know, there's real hurt and and devastation and sadness that that came from that. But for them, it's just this. Um, political sort of spin and gameplay of the communications department and especially John Floresta to make it sound like, you know, they were always doing the right thing in each of these cases. And it Mm. is maddening.
1: Well, and and we saw at a recent uh, school board meeting, I think this was in September, where they even moved the open comment period to try and throw a curveball at those who had shown up to make statements.
4: Yeah, and that's actually why um, I did the open records request. I don't know if you saw Becky's article um, on our press conference uh, that came out about a week before she dropped the hate article. Um, but we, I did an open records request because we were in, it, we had a replace Ragsdale rally,
0: mm-hmm.
4: and they moved public comment. I've been doing this for a decade, and the old building, the new building, never been done before you know one minute before they sign us up so it starts this very chaotic melee outside mm-hmm. so michael wrote a very articulate um, letter asking why that happened you know this was dangerous people got hurt i i emailed other other parents that weren't even with us and associated with us but were concerned emailed every single answer was Floresta's spin of oh it was about safety, um, you know basically implying that we were creating an unsafe situation and that it was too crowded. We have pictures of the empty lobby. it's almost never been emptier <laughs> than it was at that time Michael has like time date stamp pictures of you know everything so I was like okay, I'm not taking these lies I'm going to find out you know whatever I can. So I did an, an open records request and for the first time, Thought to ask for Teams messages instead mm. of just emails. And so that produced them asking for a counter voice to our protest. And this, they, being the communications employees like Julian Coca, uh, who goes by Onan, I guess, Eric Rausch, um, John Floresta, talking about the student who wrote an article in the AJC is going to be speaking in public comment, basically warning Julian, who then tells the wow. communications team. Hey guys, you know, she can't speak without a parent. Also, her parent is on the board of elections. Wow. So she probably be in the limelight. Yeah. So we know what they tell us isn't true. And and so that, you know, is what made us want to find out, okay, well, what is the answer? And we got that back. And then we're able to connect those people to the hate groups as well.
1: So where do you go from here? I, I, I get that you get some press in the Cobb County Courier, and God bless again that that we have a Becky Gaunt in the Cobb County Courier who's actually even covering a story like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know, my little show is just my little show on, on on an online radio station and a podcast. And you know, we get the the, the few hundred or so that we. But from here, it, it almost feels like there's this 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 uh, media glass ceiling that needs to be shattered. For someone else to pick this story up and, and and bring it to a larger audience, even outside Cobb County, because this needs
3: more scrutiny, does it not, Michael?
4: Absolutely,
3: uh, it definitely does. I mean, this is something that as a as a parent who who is active within the school. You know, we we get bogged down in the day-to-day, just getting our our children to school on time, getting them, um, for me, getting getting PTA events set up, those kinds of things. But a lot of those parents don't know that this is all going on. Mm -hmm. And for me to know this, it is on us to make sure that these parents do know what is going on, that they know that, yes, we have uh, some great schools. Yes, we have a lot of great educators, but we also have district leadership who is actively uh, engaging in, poli- and in politics and in hate and things like that. And so that the, the schools aren't necessarily great for for, for some people. So uh, it is on us to make sure that more parents know about this, that more members of the community know about this. And every time that we do educate somebody, uh, there's that level of shock. And they say that we have to do something about it. So, you know, our our mission is is to get this out there and and to get it to more to, to more people, because at some point there has to be a tipping point where this is not acceptable. And it's not just at the ballot box. It's not just you know, yes, we have to have a new uh, to flip the board, have a new board, have new leadership. Um, but right now, there's harm going on in our classrooms, and these people that are inflicting that harm, they need to go, and they need to go now. Yes. Going to take a quick break. Back with more from Jennifer Suskow and
1: Michael Garza, the Cobb Community Care Coalition, supporting inclusive classrooms for students and healthy work environments for educators. When The Ron Show returns on the America One Radio app, AmericaOneRadio.com or wherever you podcast. Final segment of The Ron Show for Tuesday. We're on with Jennifer Suskow and... Michael Garza with the Cobb Community Care Coalition. The organization stated mission to support inclusive classrooms for students and healthy work environments for educators. Over the weekend, Rebecca Gaunt with the Cobb County Courier breaking the story that three employees inside the Cobb County School District's main office have ties to an SPLC-labeled hate group, American Vision. Jennifer, Michael, and their organization looking to root out that sort of element inside the Cobb County School District. Michael, can you speak to whether or not, as, as again, you're, you said you're your school's PTA president? Yes. Do you get a sense of any sort of hostility or animosity from any school officials because of your ties to this organization and your activism? Oh, no,
3: not at all. Uh, in fact, uh, when I'm in the school... All of this stops in terms of I of am no longer Michael, the uh, the guy at school board meetings, the the activist. I am Michael, the the PTA guy, or as some parents call me, Mr. Kahili. And uh, <laughs> I, I joke that, you know, my, my superintendent calls me a political activist but my principal calls me Mr. Garza there is that level of respect the administrators there are wonderful they never bring this to me at all really nobody ever ever brings that to me except occasionally I will get a whispered you know hey I uh I support what you're doing kind of thing
1: <laughs> I feel for the uh, administrators and the faculty members teachers uh, uh paraprofessionals everyone down the line because I feel like they're kind of caught in the crosshairs as well I mean these are In in large uh, numbers, college educated professionals who took a job at a school district that had been highly regarded with good students and test results and looks good on the resume. And now all of a sudden they're working here, but oh my gosh, things have become kind of a circus of late.
4: Yeah. And the thing is, there are, you know, teachers and administrators who are fantastic in Cobb County schools. I love so many of them. Mm. And then there are some that I, just don't agree with personally that believe that Ragsdale is okay and that he is even great because of the raises that he gives. But they don't understand that a monkey could sit in that seat and those raises would still come because of property taxes. Uh, And where we're coming from is like, okay, but kids are being harmed because of his leadership. And that, you know, it, it, that sometimes there's some sacrifice and risk that needs to go on. And, you know, that I, I did that a lot as an employee mm. and I know how it works. My principal got a lot of crap that came down to her and that she had to give to me and they will beat you down if you speak up in any way. There's so much retaliation and it is, it's hard. And there, there are educators who are willing to do it, but they're kind of few and far between in these really dangerous times. Uh,
1: You guys have been attending meetings and you've been listening to even students speak out about this. Uh, Students who know that they are directly being targeted, uh, how encouraging is it at least to see students stepping up and speaking out?
3: Yeah, I I think it's very encouraging, especially we were at this last this December meeting, and we had, we had not organized any activities around that. It was really me, and I was going to to speak on the the press conference that we had, and then all of a sudden, these students started showing up that I had never seen before, and they were surprised because in in moving the public comment in that September meeting, mm. after that they actually uh, moved the public comment for future meetings outside, mm. so that you know we. In, in the colder months we're gonna to have to say in the elements and they were surprised by that so whenever i see these saw these students coming up and i and they t- t- they talked to me about what they're speaking on and then whenever i see them speaking on this last meeting was on anti-semitism and islamophobia in in schools and then whenever in that september meeting we had uh, a, a a gay transgender boy from uh, high school uh speak about his experience and speak about how the uh the book flamer what the book flamer meant to him right. and how it made him feel whenever the district banned that book those comments are powerful i think they're much more powerful than what we can uh, do as community members because this is what's happening in their schools this is what's happening in their day to day this is how they feel whenever they go into our schools and they should not be having these feelings of not belonging in their schools. So I think their voice is powerful. And I think that is one reason why whenever we did the open record request and found that they were monitoring students and that they were looking to limit, they they, they limit what students can do in terms of speaking at public comment. That is why they do that because what they say is so powerful and it needs to be heard not only by those those district members, but it needs to be heard by the community.
1: Yeah, I, I think I, I agree with you a thousand percent. Seeing the lives actually impacted by these actions and decisions is a powerful testimony, to say the least. Now. For folks who want to get a little bit more involved in this, who want to join you guys, you guys might need a bigger Waffle House booth maybe uh, next time you get together for some Scattered and Smothered and talk this out. Uh, they can find the Cobb Community Care Coalition at Cobb Care Co on Twitter or X, whatever we're calling it now. And uh, also your website is CobbCareCo.com. Uh, anything else I need to let folks know about on, and
3: if they want to get in touch with you guys and get more involved? No, just uh, just like us on social media on that on that website. Now, we're we're, we're going to be adding a lot more content to that website, but there's a way to contact us and we'll be able to add you to our uh, list so that whenever we have those meetings to either prepare actions at school board or other actions within, within the community that we can include you and that that we make sure that your voice is, is heard, uh, not only in our coalition, but within the, within the district.
1: Michael Garza, Jennifer Suskow with the Cobb Community Care Coalition. Thank you so much for joining me today on
3: the Ron Show. Thanks, Ron. Thank you for having us.
1: They're doing it for the kids, doing it for all kids. Thanks to them and for Rebecca Gaunt, Becky Gaunt, joining us from the Cobb County Courier. Links to all these stories and their organization and more at com. Back tomorrow, 5 to 6
4: p.m. on the American One Radio app, radio.com or wherever you podcast. We'll see you then. Have a good one.